1: Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipshutz, and I am an associate editor and the pop shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Keith Urban to my crocodile Dundee. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? Hey yo. I have stolen your almost- hey-o. I almost made myself the, myself the Keith Urban, but then I was like, no, his, his actual name is Keith. So do you know the, uh, the relationship between Keith Urban and Crocodile Dundee?
0: They're both Australian.
1: They're both Australian, and it is Australia Week here on the Pop Shop Podcast. We have a new number one album from a group of Australians. We have a new top ten hit from an Australian artist, so we will get to those in a second. We also have a much ballyhooed interview with Hillary Duff. Yes, Hillary Duff is back. Who's not Australian, right? Not Australian, that is correct. She's she's kind of invading Australia week just for the time being, but she has a new single out, Chasing the Sun. She has her first album in 7 years coming out this fall on RCA Records. She stopped by the Pop Shop podcast to talk about everything that she's been going through the past 7 years. She got kind of personal. It was, it was a great chat, so we're going to get to that later in the show. Uh, Keith, are you ready? How, how are you feeling today, man? I feel great.
0: I feel great. super.
1: I feel amazing. feel all the feelings. Yes, all the feels. So so, where do you want to start, man? You want to talk about 5 Seconds of Summer? Uh, they are number one on the Billboard 200 album chart, and Keith, you wrote about them. Uh, I, we actually both wrote about them this week. Uh, you wrote about the, the chartiness of this 5 Seconds of Summer album. Big debut, so let's break it down.
0: But you actually talked to them, so yeah. I mean, you actually. I mean, I I, I spoke. I, to
1: did them too. I did not. I didn't. I did not speak to them. You didn't. I wrote about. I I wrote about them.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we won't get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds complicated. Um, four, four, four. I wrote about them, but didn't anyway. Um, so yes, Five Seconds of Summer debut at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with their first full-length album. Happens to be called Five Seconds of Summer. Um, it sold uh, over 250,000 copies uh, in its first week. Actually, 259,000 to be slightly more exact. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of fun chart statistics to go with this, and I live for this stuff, so bear with me. It is the biggest first week or biggest debut for a ax first full-length album this year. Um, yep. because obviously this group had an EP earlier this year, but this is their first full-length album. So that's that caveat that's letting us talk about all these fun stats. This is also the biggest debut for a group, believe it or not, since 2006 when Daughtry uh, started with 304000 with their self-titled debut. Um, it's the second Australian act... Speaking of Australian week, uh, it's the second Australian act to uh, hit number one on the Billboard 200 this year following Sia. And it's the first Australian group to be number one since ACDC's Back in Black was number one for uh, Back in Black. Sorry, Black Ice. <laughs> black Ice, yes. All those black albums from ACDC. Uh, spent two weeks at number one in 2008. Um, even cooler, Ooh. even cooler, um, this is the biggest... Uh, debut week for a debut full length album from an Australian act since SoundScan started tracking sales in 1991. Um, there really haven't been that many huge Australian acts on the chart, really. We have tons of sort of UK acts sort of. No, they, they really just are UK acts. Yeah. And uh, Canadians, you know, Celine and Justin and Shania, lots of UK acts, obviously. You know, Adele, perhaps. Um, but not so many from the land down under, as people say. So it's a big achievement. And um, there we go. Overwhelmed a bit with all the chart stats about 5 Seconds of Summer? I, I know, imagine.
1: I'm like buried. I'm buried under the chart stats this week. But no, it, it's, a, it's a very big week for 5 Seconds of Summer. It's It's kind of like... This is, I don't want to say it legitimizes them because people already kind of knew that they were a big deal before they put out an album. But yeah, this is, this is a huge start. This is, I, I mean, it, it seems like it was even a, a little bit above the projected sales was. Of, of last week. So. It was, yeah.
0: I mean, it, it was it was—it was one of those things where the, the, um, the, at the right initially, like last Tuesday, um, some forecasters thought the album was going to do like 275 or more. And then that was quickly scaled back um, to, it's going to do right around 250. And then it did slightly more than 250. So it's one of those things where it did better than the final forecast, but a little bit less than the initial rosier forecast. But whatever, it's still actually the third biggest debut of the year and the fourth biggest sales week of 2014 so yay five seconds of summer
1: (laughs) we talked about them a ton on last week's pop shop podcast so check that out also check out keith's uh whole chart breakdown of the billboard 200 albums chart as well as more chart goodies about 5sos i the thing i wrote about uh and and it came out today on wednesday was about how five seconds of summer is basically taking they're basically perfecting One Direction's rock first formula because you know One Direction is is an artist obviously with close connections to Five Seconds of Summer. They they have share making, the same management
0: company, by the way. So there's one. Connection. Yeah, and they
1: you know one yeah as well as the you know they first tweeted about Five Seconds of Summer in November 2012. They brought them on tour, et cetera, et cetera. The thing the thing is though that One Direction has kind of helped uh, speed along the trend of of more rock music uh invading the top 40 uh, one direction's last album midnight memories was basically like a cheap trick album it, it wasn't really like a pop or even like r&b album at all it's it's more about you know heavy riffs and, and whatnot and you know the 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 downside for one direction is i i actually really like midnight memories but they they have to go they have to battle the stigma of being a boy band whereas five seconds of summer shows up they're basically making the same kind of music that One Direction is making now, and they and no one really sees them as like a boy band because they write their songs and and um, play their own instruments. So they're kind of arriving, and this is what I wrote about at the at the perfect time in pop.
0: Oh, so that's what you were writing. Okay, all
1: makes sense now. <laughs> so check that out, Keith. Um, you'll have plenty of time later today. Uh, we. We got to move on. Next week, we will probably have a new number one album. Five Seconds of Summers is, is still going strong. But what is going to probably be the number one album in the country next week, Keith?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked. It will probably be <laughs> Tom Petty's new album, Hypnotic Eye. Believe it or not, it will be his first number one album
1: Oh Unreal. I can't believe that. First his Weird first Al album? and
0: now Tom Petty.
1: This has been like an interesting month of number one albums because you have Sia and then you have uh, Weird Al and then you have 5 Seconds of Summer and now it's probably going to be Tom Petty. July has been kind of an up and down month, uh, a very interesting month. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, so Tom Petty's album is going to do maybe around 100,000 or so, um, which is pretty great and um, be his first number one. He's had two number two albums previously, uh, Damn the Torpedoes back in 1980 and then his last album, uh, Mojo in 2010 but despite all of his success uh he's never had a number one album nor has he ever had a number one single on the hot 100 either uh though he is obviously a legend and
1: we love him absolutely yeah Yeah, and we're going to talk about tom petty and and his album debut next week when the numbers are official but we'll keep an eye on that we gotta uh talk about the hot 100 this week keith uh rude still number one magic is you know still Keep it on, keep on, keep it on is magic. Uh, or, or as I uh,
0: call them, it's the song called Magic by the group called Brood. Because I like to screw things up.
1: Yeah, that was fun. Did, I don't know if you, you noticed last week when when you like presented your faulty chart stat uh-huh. about magic that I played. I, I made our, our producer uh, put in, oops, I did it again. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, it's, I hope you, did you appreciate that? I did. It's
0: it's. <laughs> I'm calling it the fault in our magic chart stat of the week.
1: Oh, man. Um, so we have a new top 10 on the Hot 100 this week. Like I said, um, Sia's Chandelier uh, becomes her first top 10 where she is the lead act uh, comes in, I believe, at number nine this week. So, Keith, let's let's talk about this and, and how monumental this is. It, it seems like Chandelier, it took so long to get to this this point where it is a legitimate
0: hit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the 12th, it's actually, it's 12th week on the chart, but the song was out more, you know, it was out earlier than when it finally debuted on the Hot 100. Um, I think it's an incredibly unlikely top 10 hit on the Hot 100 yeah. chart, um, despite the fact that it is um, co-written, obviously, and co-produced. I mean, it's co-written by Sia, who has written a bunch of hits for lots of other people. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be an instant hit, um, and I always thought this was such an odd song, but it's one of those odd songs that that now catches on with people. So because of its unconventionalness um, and because of its uniqueness, it was able to find its niche. And it, the song, as you said, it jumps to number nine this week. It goes 11 to nine. It actually has, um, I think it's up, let's see, in all of our metrics, I think, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's actually up across the board um, in uh, Airplay... Uh, sales and streaming um and as you said it's her first uh song where she is um well it's her first top 10 hit where she is the lead artist on a song she's had top 10 hits previously where she was the featured act like on david Guetta's titanium yeah. and flow rat is wild ones But this is the first time that she's ever had well one a hit where it's just her and no one else and two a hit where it's her as the lead artist as opposed to the featured act so congratulations to sia
1: Congratulations to Sia. Do you want to hear my theory about Chandelier and its success? Now a, a top 10 hit. You ready for this? Uh, sure. One, two, three, go. <laughs> I feel like Chandelier has been really helped by, and this is weird to say, but the lack of a Rihanna single kind of coming out in the in the past year, past eight months or so. Chandelier sounds like a song that Rihanna could sing. It, it does. and And Sia obviously co-wrote Rihanna's I, I believe last number one song Diamonds and the way that Sia delivers her vocals especially in the verses on Chandelier it sounds kind of like a Rihanna song and Rihanna hasn't put out any new singles in you know in a while it's actually been like her it feels like her biggest gap she usually puts out a new album every year she she missed 2013 but it, I feel like there's just kind of like this need for something that sounds like a rihanna song and chandelier is that it's a great song and i'm really happy for sia but i, I think that's that's I, I always think about that when i hear it on the radio which is which is just like yeah this kind of sounds like a rihanna song and it's obviously you know reaping the rewards what do you what do you think about that theory keith well you think i'm crazy um uh, you think i'm swinging from the chandelier
0: maybe maybe just a little just a little bit I, I think well i mean when you hear diamonds it's really Rihanna mimicking Sia's vocals. So when you say, oh, it sounds like a Rihanna song, I'm like, well, no, it, actually Rihanna was making Diamonds. She was taking Sia's existing demo and kind of you know, mimicking Sia's vocal tics and her yeah. way she pronounced things. So when you say it sounds like Rihanna, I'm like, no, I think it actually sounds like Sia. Like Rihanna was trying to make herself sound like Sia. Um, at yeah, least my, on that my, one song
1: my, my point is that uh rihanna's a much much bigger star and you have you know if you hear chandelier on the radio and you hear that first verse and you're not sure who it is you might reasonably believe that it's a rihanna song and i'm uh, um, again i i just think that i'm not saying either one of those those um you know amazing performers is like copying either one of them. I just think the song itself sounds like it could have worked for Rihanna's next album. So that's uh that's my my harebrained theory. Um we gotta move on on the uh on the hot one hundred. Jason Aldean is back with Burning the Down. Um huge country debut. We had a we had a big country debut a week or two ago with Florida Georgia line Dirt, that came in, I believe, at number eleven as well. Burning It Down debuts at number eleven on the Hot 100, number one on Hot Country Songs. And uh, yeah, as you pointed out in, in your notes, Keith, it, this is kind of like the Florida Georgia Line effect. Every everything these guys touch turns to gold because they co wrote the song with with Aldeen.
0: Uh, yes. Um, Aldine actually didn't. Uh, write the song at all
1: right i'm sorry i'm sorry they co-wrote the song with the other song with some other people They wrote yeah. it for aldine yes. yeah yeah
0: um uh the song actually jumps 42 to 1 on the hot country songs chart it showed up a, a week early because of, i think i think a little bit of airplay and some streams the sales uh kick the song up to number one on hot country songs and makes it debut at number uh, 11 as you said on the billboard hot 100 it sold one hundred and eighty-four thousand uh downloads in its first week that's Jason's third biggest sales week um, ever for a digital song, and within the charts department, we were talking about this uh, yesterday about how we've had this sort of small smattering of big debuts from country artists. Florida Georgia Line had a big week. And Jason Aldean has a big week, but then we talked about oh well, Kenny Chesney also recently came out with his new song, but it didn't sell over a hundred thousand and. We quickly explained, well, Florida Georgia Line and Jason Aldean have a different fan base than Kenny Chesney. So it's not just country is big. It's more about Jason Aldean and Florida Georgia Line are big with young digital consumers. Thanks in part to their basically outreach to, as we say, the youth um, with uh, their sort of hip hop friendly remixes of songs. You know, Cruz had Nelly and Jason Aldean had, of course, that remix with Ludacris on it the name of which escapes me, a couple years ago. So they have a different uh, fan base. But yeah, it's it's kind of this fun, weird... Uh, moment for Florida Georgia Line. They're kind of their fingerprints are all over all the big selling things right now in country. Seriously, music. yeah, yeah.
1: They, they, Everything these, these guys do. I mean, there's a, a huge demand, and and we we said this a couple weeks ago when Dirt debuted. Not a lot of country artists. You you see country artists more so dominating the albums chart. Eric Church had a big debut in February. Brantley Gilbert, um, a couple months ago with on the albums chart, not really on the Hot 100 tip, but Florida Georgia Line not only had it had a song themselves debut in the top 20 now they co-wrote a song that debuted in the top 20 so unreal um we gotta move on keith uh so you want to talk about enrique iglesias um a little, a little a little a little he has a top 20 hit kind of quietly uh top 20 hit this song has been around for a while bailando bailando uh, bailando. uh Oh, yeah, no, I, I know it's been maybe eight years since I took Spanish class, but uh, I really like this song and it, it's his first big hit in a while, right?
0: Yeah. It, it, uh, as the song has actually been uh, number one for, I think 13 weeks now on the hot Latin songs chart. Um, and it's, it, there's, I think there's a couple different versions of it. There's a Spanish version. Um, and then I think there's a Spanglish version where Enrique sings the verses in English, but then the chorus is in Spanish. Um, but it has this, it's its this sort of really catchy, tropical, vibey song. I'm totally not describing it correctly, but if you just go listen to it, you'll see why it's popular.
1: Um, <laughs> I like how you you attempted to describe it, and then we are like... And then I quickly retreated. No, I'm, I'm done. No, no but
0: I can't, um, I, I, I can't properly describe the sound of it, um, but there is a very simple way of describing it, and I'm just not getting it. Anyway... The point is, uh, Enrique Iglesias goes 17 to 15 with Bailando. Um, not to be confused with Bailamos, his number one hit from a while back. Um, I, I was looking at how many hits he's actually had on the Hot 100, and this this looks like it could be his first top 10 hit in a while. The last time he was in the top 10 was back in 2011 with Tonight I'm Loving You, also known as Tonight I'm Blinking You. Beep. Um, which went to number four back in 2011. He's only actually had five top 10 hits, believe it or not. Um, he's a superstar, but more of a superstar on the Latin side of things, the Spanish language side of things, even though he still has the occasional uh, pop hit. Um, so yeah, the, the song is working up the chart, and it's kind of a surprise hit because of how it started off as a Spanish language song um, with on Spanish radio, on Latin radio, and then crossed over to top 40. And we don't often see that. Um, with with big hits on the Latin chart, um, usually it's like a Shakira song that is recorded in two different languages, or it starts off as English and then she might do a Spanish version later. Um, so it's unusual, not unprecedented, but you know, it's really interesting to note how Enrique has a hit on his hands now.
1: Absolutely, I, I would argue that you know five ten, five top ten hits sounds about right for Enrique. I mean that, that that's still an impressive number to me, I, and I, I know that he's had. A, a slew more top 40 hits and you know i i mean you you think of by Mose. i'm assuming like escape is in there At number Hero, 12 uh yeah so you have a lot of uh, songs that maybe didn't hit the top 10 but we're we're in the top 40 and a lot of fans know um yeah. did you see uh keith did you see the enrique jennifer lopez co-headlining tour that happened a couple years ago i did not oh man you would have really enjoyed that one i that was really that was why? a fun one why it was just fun because you have like the whole like sexed up enrique vibe of like tonight i'm loving you and he didn't you know necessarily censor himself on that song but then you know he he got the crowd you know in a really good place and then jennifer lopez just hit after hit after hit it it was a great show it was a really fun co-headlining show um but anyway we'll we'll talk about enrique shows later um I, I want to circle back quickly to Pharrell and Miley Cyrus. Come get it, Bay. We so the the music video came out last week. We predicted i i should say you predicted keith our our chart expert that this song was going to rise and rise it did how how high did
0: it jump well it jumped 60 to 23 on the billboard hot 100 and it is the greatest gainer in streaming points this week go figure it's up 524 percent in streaming points on the hot 100 chart all thanks to the debut of the video last week
1: now is this song working at radio? I don't know if you have that stat in front of you, but
0: it's well. Um, I can if if you stall for a second, I can quickly. Hey,
1: work. I'll stall for for a second, I, and I'll tell you and the listeners that my mom loves this song. She loves uh, Pharrell and his girl album. She was big on Happy, and now she's all about. I actually I
0: actually listened to the whole album for the first time the other day. Uh, oh, that's I'm great. I'm a sh- slightly ashamed to say that I'm a little bit uh, behind the times, um, but I admit that it's cool. Um, I listened to the album for the first time over the weekend. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm perhaps with your mom. Um, the, the song actually goes 43 to 42 on our, um, hot 100 airplay chart, which is also known as radio songs on billboard.com. So airplay is still getting started. Um, and I imagine that we'll probably see the song step backwards on the hot 100 next week after the excitement of the video dies down. Um, but you know, if the airplay catches up, we could, you know, it could move back up the chart.
1: Keith, right now is Bang Bang, the new single from Jessie J, Ariana Grande, yeah. and Nicki Minaj. Um, so it came out this week, earlier this week. And it, is it going to have a big debut on next week's Hot 100? What do you think?
0: I assume so. I'm waiting for my um, forecast from my sources on how the song is going to sell. I assume between, I mean, look, this, this song is, is like a, a, a recipe for to make a hit I mean you get like two super trendy social artists uh, Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj and match them up with Jesse Jay who is a huge artist um, in Europe and the UK and still growing in America you combine those those talents together with their incredible social networks and fan bases I think it's probably going to be a hit unless something goes really wrong (laughs) so we'll see
1: we shall see What what's cool Keith is that um, actually yesterday Jesse J stopped by the Billboard offices to talk about Bang Bang and her upcoming album due out this fall as well as perform Bang Bang acoustically all Ooh. for the Pop Shop Podcast we're gonna have that on next week's Pop Shop Podcast it, it, it sounded it, the performance was fantastic and I you know I really appreciated her coming in it was a big day for her the song actually came out that day she was a little jet lagged it was um but I, I totally appreciate it. She killed the song. So next week's Pop Shop Podcast, you're not going to want to miss that. But this week's Pop Shop Podcast interview, Keith, Hillary Duff wow. is back. I know. Chasing the Sun is the new single. It is out now. And it's her first single uh, since you know the promotion around 2007's Dignity album. She took some time off and she stopped by to play some new music. And the new music, you know, aside from Chasing the Sun, she has songs with Ed Sheeran and and um, Savin Kotecha. And and it was, you know, it, it's great to hear her back and excited about music. So here is Hillary Duff talking about everything going on with her next musical project, as well as the gap in between. Her last album in this album on the Pop Shop Podcast.
2: Up too early, so fast, everything is blurry, oh. oh.
1: Dove. Thank you so much for stopping by today. The new the new music is fantastic. I, I want people to know that like I'm not being S- BSing you when I say like the new music is fantastic and you're playing it for the first time. Yeah. What is this experience like? Is it like an emotional experience to have these songs finally being heard by people?
2: I mean, first of all, you're you're I, to hear that is is so exciting to me. Um, you know, I've been living with this stuff for a few months now, and 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 really been in the studio since September. So to have this room full of people listening and clapping afterwards and bopping along is 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 so rewarding. And you know, I'm I'm nervous. It's been seven years for me, so yeah. I hope that you know what um, I'm writing and what I'm singing and how I'm singing and and you know my my taste and you know the content. I, I hope it's what people. Um, that have been my fan or that are my fan, you know, are going to respond to it, and I think they will. And I'm and I'm really excited for for the next phase. Um, and I'm so happy you like it and think <laughs> it's good. Uh, you know, it's it's um, it's an exciting new journey for me, and um, I'm ready for it. And um, you know, I'm gonna you're gonna see what happens. I guess.
1: So w- so when did this journey really start? When was there a moment where you said? Okay, it's time to go back in music mode.
2: Yeah. I was about to give birth. I was actually pregnant and I had like two months to go. It was just like a house walking around. <laughs> and um I don't know. I got I just started writing a lot out of out of nowhere. You know, I don't know if it was because I was all hormonal and emotional, but I started writing and I, I kind of took it as a sign of like I'm I'm missing that part of my life. You know, yeah. I'm I'm really missing that connection that I had with my fans, and I'm missing being on stage and. Um I am th- I was thinking I got to get in the studio now and, and start the process at least, you know, until like I have the baby, because if I don't start, I'll get full on caught up in like mommy land and oh, never sure. get out. <laughs> and uh, that didn't really happen. I had the baby and then a whole year went by and I finally called my manager and I was like, I'm ready. I have to work. I need, you know, like, I, w- I just felt like I was missing a big part of myself. And um, and that's how it started.
1: So it's interesting because so much has happened to you personally between 2007, your last album, and, and now with this coming album. How do you look back on that phenomenal run that you had in the mid-2000s? It's, it's, it's unbelievable that... You had so much success, and, and it all came so, so quickly in terms of music. Mm. And then you, you took this break, and now you're coming back. But how do you look back on that?
2: Uh, I did. I You know, the thing for me was I really toured for about five years straight. Yeah, it was unreal. And... I don't think anyone gave me the credit, you know, as an artist and and thinking that I was going to have the the kind of success that I had. And we were just running with it. You know, it was like I really didn't have any radio love. And yet I was selling out 15 and 20,000 seat venues across, you know, the world. So it was it was amazing. It was really driven by the fans. Mm -hmm. So I was so grateful and I was having the best time. But. After about five years, I was like, I have no life. I have like two friends. I'm never home. I'm never with my family. I'm like 20 now and starting to like get angsty. And I just kind of needed to like shut it all down. And everyone was like, You're crazy. Just take a few months, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Well, I'll take a few months, but we'll see. You know, it was just, it was time for me to be like a person and learn who I wanted to be and what I liked what I was interested in um, and the break just ended up being a long time and I traveled and I remodeled two homes and um, I learned to cook I met my husband I had a baby you know I just did really normal things and I've always felt like a normal girl you know with in this kind of like extraordinary situation mm-hmm. um, and I think that's why people relate to me maybe and love me is like I am reachable and I am normal
1: I wanted to ask what you wanted this album, this upcoming album, um, to say, and just just kind of capture this moment in time for you, or, or really express something deep.
2: Mm-hmm. I think when I first started, you know, I was, I'm, um, you know, separated from my husband right now, which has, um, you know, been a very difficult thing to go through. Um, but we have a lot of love for each other, and we have this beautiful baby, and I think so, so, so. In the beginning, the album was a lot, like, heavier and a lot darker because I think I just needed to get that out. For sure. And um, once I did get that out, a lot of fun came and a lot of, like, I think the spirit that I have and a little bit of my party heart and a little bit of me that, you know, is a dreamer and believes in fate. You know, the the album is a lot, is is very positive. It's very up. um, But it does, you know, it does talk about... There's a there's a song called If I Fall, which is about me taking a step back and kind of, like, shutting down my whole business, like, and everyone, you know, not believing in me and me being really scared to be alone after I'd been surrounded by 100 people for five years of my life, you know? What's it going to be like to me just be in a house alone with no one making my schedule and telling me what to do and blah, 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 you know? and then And then the other ones are, like some party songs, a song about Luca, I mean, a song about my separation and my love for this person that, you know, maybe we're not meant to be together or mm-hmm. maybe we are. I mean, it's it's very very personal, but I would say that it has like a happy spirit to it, which is me, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the favorite one of my favorite songs that you just played is, is Tattoo which you worked on with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Just such a a perfect pop song and you you told the story to us about how it came together, but can you can you retell that story of how you got to work with Ed Sheeran and and got him to basically sing backing vocals on
2: this song? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just got down on my hands and knees and was like, "Please, no." <laughs> <laughs> he he is just, I think, a musical genius. Really, the first time I heard his his single, I you know instantly bought the record and, and was a fan. And um, my A and R girl, Rainy, who's just great called me in one day and she's like, I just got an Ed Sheeran track. I was like, what you got to send it to me now and don't send it anywhere else and blah, blah, blah. And it's such a good song. It is such a perfect pop song. And I think everyone can relate to it. Um, definitely reminds me of a a relationship in my life. Um, when I was a little younger, that just really hurt, you know? Um, and everyone has that. So, um, he was great. And when he heard, I wanted to record, he's like, I really want to be there. I want to, you know, produce the vocals. And, um, he came in the studio, it was like one in the morning and he's exhausted from doing press all day. And I'm exhausted from chasing around a two year old all day. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, he followed me in the vocal booth and that's not so normal, you know, usually you're in there by yourself and I'm like, and usually the engineer comes and adjusts the microphone, and I'm a shrimp, so they're always having to like lower it. I'm like, maybe Ed is coming in here to adjust my mic for me. Like, what? Be very gent. chivalrous, yeah. What a gent! <laughs> and uh, he sits down, and he's like, okay, so we're gonna record like this, and I like to do it line by line. We're gonna do it about six times, and I'm like, you are Ed Sheeran, and you are gonna sit in here while I record this song line by line, you know, it's like <laughs> kind of a unique way of doing it. And it was amazing. And I was nervous. And I think I'm one of those people that works really well under pressure, I definitely show up, you know, to the occasion when all the eyes are on me. And you know, I've got to do it, I can just do it. And uh, it was amazing to have him there and have him be so involved. And uh Scared the shit out of me too.
1: <laughs> there you have it, Hillary Duff on the Pop Shot podcast. Thanks again to her for stopping by and check out "Chasing the Sun." The video is on YouTube now, and uh, we'll check back in if it debuts in the Hot 100. And um, yeah, the the new album coming out this fall. So, Keith, um, I, speaking of Hillary Duff, Hillary Duff, like I said. Has not released an album in seven years, and I wanted to ask you about artists that we like to personally see come back. Maybe that have taken something of a recording break, and for whatever reason, and that you want to see come back and and really declare, "Hey, I'm I'm returning with some new stuff." Hmm. Um, who I know, I'm I'm putting you on the spot, but well, you're who would not you really because like to you see? told me
0: earlier to think of some people, so no, I wouldn't I'm be put... ill prepared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just i just, spoiler for
0: everyone. He actually wanted me to pre- be prepared. You're, this you're time. you're
1: peeking behind the curtain. I know. I, I I actually wanted to tip you off this time.
0: Um, I really want an Eini Kamozi album. Um, I wow. think it's been too long. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I'd love whatever. I mean, put out an album. Uh, but um, uh, well, I don't know if this counts, but I because it'll never happen. But maybe it will. I think it's high time for another Spice Girls
1: album. Interesting. Okay. That could okay. happen
0: with or without Victoria, who probably doesn't want to do anything with the other girls anymore because she's really into sort of fashion, you know, clothing empire mode and not necessarily music mode. Yeah. Um, I think she's I think she's the 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 one girl out of the five that probably doesn't want to make a new album. Um, I would love to hear a new Nadine Coyle album uh, of Girls Aloud. I'm I love Girls Aloud so much. It's a UK pop group. Nadine put out a solo album a while back. Um, it, I don't think it actually ever came out in America, and it was released only through Tesco in the UK. She has an amazing, amazing voice, um, but she- What about,
1: what about? sorry to interrupt, what yeah. about
0: Nicola? I, I love that Nicola album. Well, see, but she, she released an album not so long ago, and she has a new album, I think, that's going to come out before the end of the year. So yeah, she, yeah, and like Sheryl so. Cole is going to put out an album in a hot second, but I feel like Nadine is the one who probably won't have anything- Soon necessarily, she just also had a baby recently, so she's kind of busy. Um, sure, so there's two. I mean, they're, they're all in sort of the UK pop world, but there's two. Your, your turn, what do you think?
1: Well, I gotta, I gotta shout out two artists as well. Um, how familiar are you with, uh, I'm sure you are with Rachel Stevens. Oh uh, my god,
0: yes, Rachel Stevens, <laughs>
1: yes, of S Club 7 thing, yes, with Jesus. a bunch of
0: A's in the middle.
1: <laughs> 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 Come and get it. Uh, and she is, she's fantastic. She's been, there's kind of been a radio silence on that end, but I'd love to see her come oh back. Oh, my God. She. Oh. I feel like, I feel like you're, you're pissed that I stole yours. That. You no, that's us.
0: such a good one.
1: Hey, man, that, that's what I'm here for.
0: See, you got, you got to get Funky Dory. You got to get, come and get it. Um. Oh, God, there's... Uh, Sweet dreams in my LAX, such a great song, <laughs>
1: um, so good.
0: I said never again, but here we are. This is the
1: most excited I've ever heard Keith in his entire life. By the I way, I think
0: I think one of her greatest songs, if not possibly her greatest song, is "Some Girls." Um, it's it's a Richard X yeah. production. Richard X is such an amazing producer, co-written and co-produced by Richard X. If if of any of the songs, start with "Some Girls" first, and then work from there. <laughs> Sorry, I.
1: Dude, you are you are on another level with Rachel Stevens. I didn't. I knew you were going to be excited about that, but I didn't know how excited you were going to be. Um, in The other one, I don't think you're going to be as excited about, but I'm more <laughs> excited about. Uh, we brought him up on last week's Pop Shop podcast. Do you remember who we brought up for the charts? That
0: um, Destiny's Child? No, that was two weeks ago. Yep. I don't know. Tell me.
1: Uh, his name is Will. Oh, and Will. His last name is. You want a new
0: Will. album from Will Smith?
1: I want a new album from Will Smith. Good luck Let's with Let's do that. it, man. Lost and Found. Hey, man, the, you know what? He he hasn't even hinted at new music. It, it's been almost like a decade. And Lost and Found had that song Switch, which is one of my favorite you know, pop singles of the 2000s. That's a great, great song. If he could do anything like that, uh, you know. Uh, uh,
0: out I, of all I, the pop I, stars in the universe, you want a new album from Will Smith.
1: I, wa- I demand a new album from Will Smith. Will Smith, Let's do if it.
0: you're listening... You have at least one sale.
1: <laughs> You've one needy customer. All right. So on, on that note, Keith, we got to get to your chart out of the week.
0: Hey. Um, okay. So I know that we just went 15 years ago, a couple weeks ago, when we talked about Destiny's Child. But, but... We're gonna go again. Fifteen years ago, because okay. there's a really good reason why. Because okay. fifteen years ago this week, Christina Aguilera had her first number one Ooh, single on the Billboard yeah. Hot 100 with Genie in, the "Genie in a Bottle." Yes. So "Genie in a Bottle" hit number one on the chart dated July 31st, 1999. It spent five weeks at number one. It was the first of five number ones for Christina Aguilera. She also hit number one with "What a Girl Wants," "Come on Over, Baby," "All I Want Is You." lady marmalade of course her amazing you know uh, uh
1: the bang bang of its day yes
0: the bang bang of 2001 lady marmalade because it was christina aguilera lil kim maya and pink all equally yep. billed no features thank you and then of course christina hit number one uh recently well sort of recently in 2011 with moves like jagger she was the featured act on that one yeah. five track so 15 years ago this week christina aguilera had her first number one single on the billboard
1: hot 100 <laughs> Thank you, Keith, for that chart set of the week. You're welcome. <laughs> oh man! All right. So next week, like I said on the Pop Shop podcast, is Jessie J talking about "Bang Bang," and we'll we'll have we'll we'll talk about that song uh, more extensively because it is likely going to have a big debut on the Hot 100. Um, like I said, she performed the song. You're going to hear an acoustic performance of "Bang Bang." It sounds awesome. I'm going to hype that up again. So check out next week's pop shop podcast for that. Thanks again to Hillary for stopping by this week and check out chasing the sun. It is out now. And, uh, Keith, you have any parting words? Uh, no. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to play, uh, we're going to go out on my favorite Christina Aguilera song. Um, you know what? Actually not, not my, I was going to put, I was going to play dirty. We're going to not do that one. I'm going to put, you, you said she had three number one singles basically from her first album. Yep. Um, Genie in a bottle, whatever he what wants. wants, and come on over. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put on the uh, the song that was not number one from that album, uh, the single that was not number one. Do you remember what it was? It was a ballad. I'm looking at it in front of me. I turn to you. I turn to you. Yeah, that's my jam. All right, we're gonna go out on "I Turn to You" by Christina Aguilera. Thank you all for listening, and take care. For the wind